0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the RV Connects podcast. It's been a long time, but we're so excited to be back with episode 46 and the official start of season three. We're so thrilled you're joining us, and it's your support and engaged listenership that's gotten us this far, so we certainly appreciate it. If you're new here, and we hope some of you are, welcome. As always, I'm Melina, and that over there is Dan. Hello, And we are the RV Connects, a roving band of Canadian part-time RVers who travel far on our vacations from work and show you how easy it can be. So before we dive into today's episode, do we owe the people a bit of an explanation on our, you know, four-month hiatus?
1: I I think we do because they've been incredibly patient and, and very supportive. It's been a long four months. We've had some illnesses in the family. There's been some career transitions. We're in the midst of career transitions positions we've been busy with hockey and school and lockdowns and quite frankly I think we just for our own sanity, something had to give a little bit. and We needed to push this off. But we've been talking about it for weeks now that we really need to get back at this. And it, it is good to be back behind the, the microphone. We even had a few giggles and smiles as we got set up here as we try to remember how all this stuff works.
0: Yeah, it kind of feels like the first episode. So if, if things are a little rusty, um, we ask for some patience. I would say the Coles Notes version of that story is we were kind of burnt out. And <laughs> we're, the good news is we're back at it. Everybody is in great health in the family. Now now. And uh, we are ready to get roaring on season three. So today we actually have a really great episode. If you're all caught up on our episodes to date, we last left off at Banff and Lake Louise, which was part of our RV Connects epic road trip of 2021. So today we're continuing north and we're going to be talking about the Icefields Parkway and Jasper, Alberta. Okay, so after we had completed our magical trip to Banff and Lake Louise, we took the Icefields Parkway 288 kilometers over to Jasper. That drive took, what, three and a half, four hours probably?
1: Yeah, and we weren't pushing it. Like, we had a good... It was a nice relaxing drive.
0: Yeah, it was a nice relaxing drive. We did want to check in. The kids were exhausted because I think we were all still in a post-recovery phase from doing the Tea House Challenge. Uh, So everyone was tired. So I would say I probably would have liked to maybe stop a little more and do some of the scenic lookouts. But at that point, we're also catering to teenage sensibilities and trying very hard to make them not hate camping and road trips. So, you know, when they really wanted to get there, it was like, you know what, we're fine driving and looking at the sites. But there are an absolute ton of lookouts on the Icefields Parkway where you can stop and pull off and have a picnic and take photos. So I would just recommend for anybody doing that trip. I mean, hey, if you want it to take six hours, no problem. Just definitely take your time. There's a lot of great, beautiful, stunning scenery that's unlike anything even up to Ban- like from Calgary to Banff. You know, it's just, it just, the scenery changes so much.
1: Yeah, I think anybody can do the drive with a uh, basic skill level. There is a few tight turns and stuff, but nothing that you need to be afraid of. But with all that being said, I, I mention it because I just found it to be one of the more relaxing drives. Honestly, I just, I really enjoyed that part of the road trip.
0: Yeah, I think one caveat to that is the shoulder season, right? Like you're still going to have, you know, avalanche issues and and road closures in those shoulder seasons. So, So to travel the Icefields Parkway, you have to have either a valid Parks Canada pass or you need to pay the toll at the toll booth. Uh, We did have the Parks Canada Pass from our time in Banff National Park, and if you need a refresh on that process and purchasing that park pass, I suggest you go listen to the episode on Banff where we detail that. So fuel.
1: Yeah. So if you're going to drive from Banff to Jasper, make sure you fuel up in Banff before you hit the road because there's only one place to fuel up, and that's at the Saskatchewan River Crossing. During peak months, there might be delays at the pump. The prices might be higher, and of course now it's 2022, and goodness knows what the price of gas is going to be if you get to make that trip now. It's roughly halfway between Banff and Jasper, but if you want to make your trip easier, just fuel up in Banff and then make the drive to Jasper. And obviously if you're coming from Jasper to Banff, fuel up in Jasper first because you can make the entire run likely on one tank of gas. Mm
0: -hmm. That being said, we still did stop at the Saskatchewan River Crossing Resort because it also has, you know, a gift shop, a a motel, a diner. So we did stop for some food and snacks, I believe, um, on the way there, but I don't think we fueled up at that time. So one note I want to make is on connectivity. So there's actually no cell towers in Banff and Jasper National Park wilderness areas. So there's virtually no cell signal. Plan accordingly bring paper maps, pre download uh, your maps, Um, you can download a trip planner from icefieldsparkway.com that's got great information. But it's actually just a really great time to just like shut your phone off and, you know, drink in the scenery and play word games with the kids and just look out the window and just kind of, you know, drink it all in. And one thing I will say about that is there's there's a great website called um, getyourguide.com. And they have a fantastic Icefields Parkway smartphone driving tour. So it's $8.49 Canadian. You download it onto your phone so you can listen to it without cell coverage. And you basically just play it over your car. And it's like a narrated drive that takes you all the way from Banff to Jasper or, you know, the other way around. There's, There's an alternate version as well that just... Points out all of the all of the history, all of the points, everything about you know the railway and the settlers and and all of the history of the area. So it's a fantastic listen to just kind of like while away the hours and just really pay attention to the landmarks that are around you. So one of the most spectacular lookouts is the Goats and Glaciers Lookout. And I actually made a point of writing this down on my phone as we were driving by or putting it in my notes. It's a great spot overlooking the Athabasca River and the Fryat Mountain Range to the west. It's just north of Sunwapta Falls Rocky Mountain Lodge, Uh, So there's marked signs and a parking lot where you can park. Apparently sunrise is the the best time to visit this lookout because the light first hits those mountain ranges. So it's absolutely just stunning, but it's a great place to catch the Milky Way in April and May if you're there in the evening. But uh, I would say that's probably a must-see lookout on the drive between Banff and Jasper.
1: Yeah. So where to stay? So there's the campgrounds within Jasper National Park or Wabaso, Wapiti, and Whistler. And those are all the closest to... Jasper
0: like the town Jasper proper town. yeah ja-
1: town town proper. So we stayed at Wabasso, which I really enjoyed that park. Um, Did you want to talk about your first impressions of it?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, Wabasso and Whistler's campground, first of all, can accommodate longer trailers, but the vast majority of the parks, both like these three close to Jasper and the rest of the the parks in the National Park along the Icefields Parkway can only accommodate up to 24 feet. So really do your research before you get there, because certainly in high seasons, you know, even the sites that can accommodate larger trailers there's not a ton of them whistlers is the new one and it's very open there's not a lot of um there's not a lot of trees it's just kind of like park your big rig and it's a good home base to to see jasper but i would recommend wabasso because there is a little more tree cover it's a little more kind of wildernessy if you will However, it was very clear when we got there that there had been a recent fire or a series of fires that have just kind of ripped through the campground. So it took a lot of the tree cover away.
1: Yeah, there's not a ton of privacy there, but it's not because they designed the park to have the campsites right on top of each other. It's because of that fire. But I don't think we ever really felt like somebody was spying on us at the same time. But I really enjoyed that park. It's got a real wilderness feel. There's great trails in the area. There's a river not far Well, it really borders the edge of the campground, and it's really easy to walk to. Nice morning stroll. I went on that several times. You can see people getting ready to go whitewater rafting, so that's really nice. Bathrooms are clean. It's, what, 15, 20 minutes from the town of Jasper, so if you've got to scoot into town and get something, it's not too far away. And for a cheapskate like me, it's got free firewood. You just kind of back up to the pile and take it away. So just by way of observation, we were there the middle, of the second half of August, and just looking around at the campgrounds around Jasper, there was certainly lots of availability to get a site.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing I definitely liked about Wabasso is it reminded me of like camping when I was a kid in British Columbia. And that was probably the first campsite we've certainly been to in all of our travels That just gave me that kind of like proper wilderness. Like I use air quotes because we are still, you know, car camping and glamping. But just gave you that true like Parks Canada, you know, very natural environment, you know, in terms of amenities. It's very stripped down. It's very bare. The high focus is on... You know, trail walking and relaxing, and there's not a lot of, um, you know, amphitheaters like you see in Ontario parks where they have a ton of park rangers doing programs for kids. Like it's just, I'm sure they do that, and I'm sure they do that more in non-COVID times. But it's just, it's a different vibe altogether, and and one that I really appreciate for its just kind of naturalness.
1: You get people that are camping. You get people that are driving across the country like us. You get people that are doing it by motorcycle really it's a completely different flavor than going camping at an ontario provincial park from friday to sunday
0: mhm totally and on that note, let maybe let's talk about amenities a little bit because there are no showers at Wabaso Campground. So you can use Whistler's Campground, which is just maybe five minutes up the road. So Wabaso is on 93A. So 93 kind of splits off and that's where Wabasso Campground is, just off the main highway. But then uh, just shortly north on the road, it meets 93 again. And that's where Whistler's and Wapiti Campground is. So you can use the showers at Whistler's Campground or if you drive the 15 minutes into Jess, there is a place called the Snowdome Coffee Shop in Jasper, which is a coffee shop slash laundromat slash shower house. So they actually have personal shower rooms that you can rent.
1: Yep. So when we did our laundry, we did our laundry actually in a basement laundromat office supply store combo that I took one of the girls in there and we kind of stumbled across it by accident trying to find a public washroom for them. And so we ended up going back there to do the laundry.
0: Yeah, it's called Three Sheets. And it's just, it's a great way to, to, I guess, boost your passion project, which was office supplies, which was neat and having a laundromat in the office supply store. But um, the reason we went there is because Snowdome was actually closed.
1: And when I say office supplies, I'm not talking Staples, I'm talking...
0: Like fancy calligraphy sets and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, maybe
1: almost office supplies and art stuff. But anyways, it was really cool and really neat and really, really friendly. So I'd recommend going there.
0: Mm -hmm. So the dump station also at Wabasa is really tight. It takes two-way traffic because you can enter from both sides of the loop. They have fresh water and the dumping stations kind of at the same location, and they're not very well laid out. Obviously, they have to work with the natural terrain, but I did find that it was a really tight fit, especially with the length of our tra- trailer at 29 feet to get around it after was a little bit tight. So there is another option. You There's an alternate dump station on 93A North, just south of Highway 16. So you can try there if that's busy, because I imagine long weekends, you know, busy parts of the, the summer, it'll probably they will be. Fight the lineup for the dump station
1: yeah absolutely so let's talk about the town a little bit the town of jasper is really laid back in its unpretentious and i dare say you know when you talked about the fact that you can get a shower and do your laundry at the same place i i suspect it's a bit of a jumping off point to the wilderness to a degree mm-hmm. like you're kind of you're not at the edge of civilization but there's definitely a long stretch to the next city especially if you're going west And I really like that feel.
0: I would say that's a fair assessment. Like if I were if I were to put it into words, I would say like Banff is like Instagram central. And I mean, that's ironic because we have an Instagram account, but we're not like Instagrammers. I think we all know what I mean when I say like it's an Instagrammers paradise in Banff. And Jasper is like plaid shirts, great coffee and a warm hug. Like it's just it's a totally different vibe. It's really It's like the difference between somewhere like Pismo Beach in California as a surf town versus somewhere like Venice or Santa Monica where it's all showy. Do you know what I mean? Like that's a a really good analogy. Laid back town, yeah.
1: And they're both really great. I love both of them, and I'd I'd really struggle if I only had a week which one to go to. Mm -hmm. But I really love Jasper. Yeah. For that, like it is a really diverse mix of things to see things to do, diversity of shops, all of that kind of stuff.
0: And with all of that being said, there is that caveat, because it is kind of in the middle of nowhere that things are very expensive, gas, food, etc. So for example, a 36 flat of bottles of water was $20 in the store and like a bag of just Lay's potato chips was five bucks. So you know, not that those are staples, but those are kind of staples for us. Come we, on, let's <laughs> not
1: lie to the people. We have a bag of chips in there every day of the week.
0: Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, so so things are relatively more expensive um, in a town like Jasper. But, you know, as long as you come prepared and kind of plan around it.
1: Yeah, very walkable town. I would note that all the shops are pretty unique. There's something different in most of the shops, a lot of private proprietors. And so when you walk into one shop, you see something different in the next shop, and so on and so forth. And that maybe wasn't quite the case in Banff. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it was less like touristy type shops.
1: Yeah, and outdoor supplies like, you know, tents and water filtration. And I think I picked up bear spray while we were there. So Mm -hmm. there's something for everybody. I will note there's a great hardware store there. I can't remember what I had to go in there and buy, but it was at the end of the day. I remember it was really small because the lady didn't even want to charge me for it. But it was one of those things that we were just glad to have. So, hey, there's a great hardware store. The town is really kind of centered in its layout around the train station and the railway. Mm Mm-hmm right? Because let's be honest, this place is founded as much on resources as it is tourism. And that's really cool. Did you want to talk about the train station?
0: Yeah, I just thought the train station was another just a really good example of kind of like the the heyday of rail travel. There's some great exhibits in there. There's a little uh, cafe and coffee shop in there. Um, A lot of history, a lot of plaques that you can learn from and just a gorgeous building itself. And then kitty corner to that right across the street is the tourism information center, which is also fantastic. Um, Also attached to the train station, are some great public washrooms, and we had a fantastic conversation with one of the Parks Canada employees who was who was uh, waiting outside for her colleague to finish cleaning the bathroom when we were waiting to use it, and just had a great conversation about their college program and and having people employed for the summer. So they have a lot of a lot of staff around to ask great questions to. The tourism uh, center is just stunning. It's It looks to me like it would have been like an old stone cottage for some very rich person back in the day. But it's a stunning building, very accessible. Like Dan said, very walkable. The downtown core itself, you know, takes no more than kind of a loop, the two main streets, and it would take you no more than 10 minutes to walk it.
1: And I don't recall that it was hard finding parking. Like, I don't think we had the same challenges there that we did in Banff.
0: No, goodness. No, not at all. Uh, yeah, we parked right around the corner from the tourist information center, like within spitting distance. Yeah. And we stayed there all day.
1: Yep. So that was cool. Elk.
0: First, we have to talk. Isla will kill us if we don't talk about Cassio's.
1: Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Cassio's. That was just a really good dinner, wasn't it? It was,
0: it was still probably one of my favorite Italian meals we've ever had. Uh,
1: and I don't know if that was because it was COVID times and we were allowed to sit down in a restaurant and like eat like restaurant people. But <laughs> the food was great. It was it wasn't a chain restaurant. It was an authentic run by a family type restaurant. Like you're not going to find that restaurant anywhere else except in Jasper. The prices were reasonable. Everybody had a great meal it was probably the highlight of the day. And Isla picked it out. She just decided we were having Italian that night.
0: Yeah, she wanted pasta. So we went into this, you know, darkly lit. There's a lot of ambiance, like a lot of fake ivy hanging everywhere and you know murals on the wall and you know just fantastic wine and clearly handmade or a handmade pasta and it was fantastic so if you're in jasper big shout out to Cassio's italian restaurant it was awesome yep so we- now let's talk about elk
1: elk we saw a lot of elk i think it's probably maybe that's because of the time of the day but we saw most of them out in the evening at the side of the road yeah lots of and that was probably we saw a lot more wildlife there than we did in banff or anywhere else on the trip quite honestly yeah even even in northern ontario Mm -hmm. so yeah there's lots of elk but listen let's keep your distance from the elk don't be a dummy and try and ride the elk like (laughs) they're big animals and you're not going to win
0: yeah and they will get very aggressive and they are very fast so you know certainly pull over roll down your window you know i got some fantastic shots of the elk just with the zoom on my iPhone. Like you don't need to get particularly close to get a great shot if you're looking for a photo. And then just kind of, you know, slowly pull back over and be on your way. Like I think there's a lot of gawkers when it comes to the elk, which one is a traffic hazard, but two, just let them do their thing. Like don't try to pet them and all will be well. Exactly. So things to do in Jasper. Obviously, you know, similar to Banff, it's kind of an an out door person's paradise, right? You know, you're going to have hiking, biking, water sports, fishing, all of the typical winter sports if you're there in the winter. I would say, you know, a list of top things to do if you only have a few days in the area. Obviously, go check out the Jasper Park Lodge, which is the CP Rail Hotel in Jasper, just an iconic building, right like I mean, right near the Jasper Park Lodge is the Jasper Planetarium. And they do dark sky telescope tours. And then again, with the just the amazing uh, scenery and mountain ranges that surround Jasper, you're if you're into a good hike, I would suggest Malign Canyon. It's a spectacular gorge. There's some great waterfalls, Malign Lake and Spirit Island. There are boat cruises to the island. And I didn't realize this at the time, but Spirit Island is actually quite famous. There's has been an image of it hung in Grand Central Terminal in New York City, Um, Apple used it on their 2014 iPad to showcase the camera capabilities of their new iPad. Obviously, it's a very important spiritual place for the Stony Nakoda First Nation. um, And they believe that the mountains that surround the island are the physical representations of their ancestors. Uh, It's actually located in a box canyon. The fact that Spirit Island is surrounded on three sides by the same mountain range is actually apparently quite rare. And it makes it particularly significant, obviously, to um, the Stony Dakota. It's actually only accessible by boat. And it's 14 kilometers from the access point. So even if you're paddling, that's going to be a couple hour paddle one way. So most people take the, the limited boat tours that they do offer. One quote I came across when I was I was making my notes for this episode was from a European explorer artist, uh, Mary Schaefer. And she was actually the first European to see Malign Lake in 1908. And she never mentioned the island, but she called the Box Canyon where it sits the Hall of Gods. And I found this quote to be particularly apt in where she said, if Lake Louise is a pearl, Malign is the entire pearl necklace. So, you know, if you've seen all of those pictures of Lake Louise being the most photographed lake in the world, you know, just picture Malign Lake because it's 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 that times 10. Other uh, mountains around there, Mount Edith Cavill, you can hike the summit. Uh, There's actually a really great alpine meadow at the base if you're not into going up the summit or you don't have the stamina or you just want to look around. There's a great meadow at the bottom that you can kind of wander through. The Jasper Tramway which is basically like the little gondola that goes up uh, Jasper, um, or just that overlooks Jasper, I should say. The tramway will take you up, but you are still, you know, fairly far from the summit. I would say if you're going up there, you would probably want to allow at least two hours plus to reach the summit. If you want to go up that far, it's very glacial. Like there's not a lot of there's no trees up there. It's it's.
1: It's not that there's no trees up there because somebody cut them down. It's because there's no trees up there, and that's the natural landscape, and that's what makes it really cool. You think glacial? I thought kind of the moon, <laughs> um, but 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 not in a bad way. Like it's yeah. it's it's like really big pieces of gravel. I don't know how to describe it. It's it was cool, and I'm glad we did it. But absolutely, what you said. You know, if you want to keep walking up further, don't save it till like three o'clock in the afternoon,
0: which is what we did. We got up there. And I think there was an hour before the tramway closed. And like, literally, you're out of luck, it will stop running and you're walking down. So we actually did not make the summit, I would say we got like halfway between the tramway and the summit. But we were just absolutely done. Like you if you if you had waved a million dollars in front of my nose, I probably couldn't have done it just because I was still beat from the tea houses
1: (laughs) and I'm okay with that like I did the tea house challenge people I went to both tea (laughs) houses and I'm not going to take guff from anybody out there about it (laughs) so I'm glad we went up there give yourself lots of time if you want to go all the way to the end you definitely don't want to miss the tram to the bottom because I don't know how you're going to get to the bottom if they've shut down for the day they were shooting a music video up there um, which was kind of cool and it didn't kind of infringe on the enjoyment and it's a great spot to take pictures from. Yeah. If you want to take pictures in basically a 360 degree direction and look right down on the town, you can do it.
0: Yeah, it was it was fantastic. It was nice to see um or it was a great vantage point to see the kind of the layout of the town and how it's all oriented around the train station like Dan mentioned earlier. And we were actually on our ride down on the tramway I remember us looking down and trying to figure out like okay if you were actually stuck here then how would you get down like would you just follow the tramway like there's no there's no easy way <laughs> to get down no, put it you're that gonna, way
1: you're gonna be euchred. and I kind of just had this thought now while we're recording this so I don't want to get in trouble with Melina for going off script here but it it might actually be cool to do that at the beginning of your trip to Jasper because then you have that bird's eye view of the whole place yeah and then go down and see everything when you're down
0: there yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. One word to the wise, if if heights bother you or, you know, you feel unsafe on a cable car, like that's one of those cable cars where like halfway through you get a big dip, like a, a kind of a swing in the middle halfway up. So just beware. If if that's something that makes you anxious, it, you might be better knowing that before you get on.
1: Listen, Isla and I are not fans of heights and we would made out just fine. So suck it up.
0: That's because you knew you were getting Italian food. <laughs>
1: I suppose that's true too, but but it was fine.
0: <laughs> so overall opinion, how long do you think or how short a time can you do Jasper in? We were there for two days and I feel that was kind of short.
1: Can we back up to the gondola for a second? Mm-hmm. So this was really cool. All of the people that worked on going up and down the gondola were from Australia. And so the side conversations when we were going up and down was how they were going to finish working at the gondola in the summer and then flip over to the ski resort in the winter. And so that was really cool, really global. Well, maybe maybe I'm overstating it. Just cool to see people from other places mm-hmm. and hear their stories and what they were doing and coming to Canada. So that was awesome.
0: Yeah. So in terms of how long you need or how short a time you can see Jasper in, I would say we were there like two, three nights, which is, like, the bare minimum, I would say. Like, I think, you know, do you need to be there for seven days? Probably not. You can get a good idea of what the area is about and do some great attractions, you know, in that three to five day mark. But certainly, I think, you know, no less than, than... two to three days at minimum.
1: Yeah, I feel like for me, I'd be happy to go there, spend a couple days, see some sites, just hang out in the campsite, read a book and have a drink and chill and then maybe go back at it a little bit more for a couple more days.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure.
1: Mount Robson.
0: Oh, gosh. Okay. So another thing I will mention, because it really was A great add on, I I think, to our trip, just to say that we also hit BC, opted for we packed a great picnic lunch, we drove the 30 minutes to Mount Robson Provincial Park border. And we had a great picnic at a place called the Portal Lake rest area. So it's a great rest area. There are outhouses there, there's a couple of picnic tables, a lovely lake called Portal Lake, obviously. And uh, there's a loop hike right at the rest area, which was really great, a nice way to stretch our legs.
1: Yeah, I think there was a little pond there. There was a loop hike, but it took us what, maybe 20-30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's really clean. It, this is like an old style rest stop for young people like me that grew up in the 80s before they had like Tim Hortons on every corner and, you know, drive through McDonald's and everything. This is where you went because you couldn't just buy really cheap takeout food and your mom would make a really good picnic. And that's what we did. We literally drove there just for the two purposes. One, to have a really good picnic because Molina made this really good homemade bean salad with whatever was kicking around in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think you've tried to recreate it a couple of times at home and it's been really good. And we checked the box off to say we went to BC.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, fantastic place to stay. That's also the, the location of the Yellowhead Pass National Historic Site. And there's a big plaque there that just kind of explains the historical significance of the pass and the railway and all that kind of stuff. So it's a great, it's a great place to visit for a few hours.
1: And it's a natural transition of geography. So if you can picture yourself standing in Jasper and you go to the top of the gondola, you're at the top of a mountain and it's glacial or it's the top of the moon, but you know, whatever it is, that's one type of geography. If you head towards Edmonton, it's not long before you're kind of back into the start of the prairies and if you would literally just go another 15 minutes down to this rest stop in bc you're kind of into the mountains and trees on the forest it's like it's a a juncture of like three different types of geography
0: so speaking of prairies from jasper we went kind of northeast again uh past edmonton area out towards lloydminster we spent the night in lloydminster and then we continued on through saskatchewan again I did have to stop for work again in Saskatoon. So we actually stayed at Pike Lake Provincial Park in Saskatchewan, which actually ended up being a really great provincial park. So we'll talk about that on a future episode.
1: Yeah, the girls and I had a blast. I mean, sorry, you were at work, <laughs> but we had a really good time. Um, I'll have to tell you about the like 3 or $4 breakfast we got at the concession stand and run bikes around. It was a really good time there.
0: Yeah, and on that cliffhanger, we will end it there. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us again, everybody, and we will see you next time.